This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Three power hours upon us. Surf is up. Nice and windy. Got to keep it low if you're going to hit the links today, Wes. Nope. No golf, man. Got to keep it low. Wait on the front foot. Down and through, brother. Keep it low. <laughs> Stingers <laughs> all day. Have you, you noticed the sign over here? Driving range closed. Oh, now it's open. Look at that. They're open. I now. tell you what I did notice. Sun's up and they're open. Uh, apparently, there's a uh, University of South Carolina graduate with the blower because as soon as Dabo came in for the interview, <laughs> I noticed that the uh, guy, the leaf blower and guy is like, I'm tired of hearing that Clemson coach. Let me crank up the leaf blower. Yeah. Is that the way you kind of worked that That's out? That's the way I figured it out. Okay. These are the South Carolina guys. Not a guys. Florida State guy. They're not a Florida State guy. No, no. It's a conference member. Everybody gotcha. likes the conference. Everybody likes the conference. So those outsiders you got to worry about, Wes. <laughs> those outsiders. Uh, coming up, Kelly Gramlich, Luke Hancock, live on set with us from Amelia Island. Uh, they're on the way to a tea time. We'll find out perhaps. Uh, Mac Brown, Courtney Banghart also in this hour. Interviews we taped yesterday. And then 9 o'clock hour today, uh, Seth Greenberg and Josh Pastor. Fascinating stuff yeah. with both in relationship to college basketball and where all this is headed. Uh, well, it's been great to be here to kind of get some of the frontline communication about what's going on here, right? Well, you know, I think anytime you get, it's one thing conducting an interview if you're sure, in the basement, right. if you're down in Cartersville, whatever the case may be. It's another thing when you get face-to-face. Yep. And uh, you, you really can get a sense, I think, of the tension that these coaches are under. And granted, I know everybody's, oh, they're making so much money. I get all that. Yeah. Everybody's making a ton of money from that perspective in big-time college athletics as a coach. But you still have to conduct your business, right? And I, it, I've never been to one of these events, and I've been to a bunch, yeah. where I've seen more coaches with serious strain of, man, we have really got issues, and we're just looking for some answers. And yeah. I think that's where you talk about the leadership. Dabo Sweeney talked about it last hour from the national perspective, the lack of leadership and vision and how we kind of got in this position. And I will tell you, uh, and I always mention about the smart people in college athletics, I think our conference is very, very fortunate to have Jim Phillips running the show. Yep. Because this guy gets it, big picture. And you can still have differences, whether you're talking about the alliance versus what the SEC is doing or what the Big 12 wants to do. There's always going to be debates and, and conversation to try to better one another and so forth. But I'm talking about people have a true leadership skill people have a vision people that care about young people i mean we are really fortunate in this conference with jim phillips running the show Yeah, you're right about that and uh the collaborative work of the ad's has also been exceptional no doubt and we're looking forward to catching up with some of them in the next couple days as well in fact michael offered of florida state will join us tomorrow uh on this program along with dave clausen and dave doran as well all that with jim phillips and more tomorrow here on packer and durham uh, very quickly, I want to show you some of the social media. We were talking about the scheduling rotation, the 3-5 here, real quick. I want to show you some of the uh, – David Hale put a couple tweets here yesterday quoting Dan Radakovich and Michael Alford. Uh, Dan Radakovich, of course, now the AD at Miami, talking about some of the uh, scheduling changes. Michael Alford said he wants to expand FSU's brand into more markets so wouldn't prioritize proximity in selecting permanent opponents under the new scheduling plan. See, this is the first thing I think a lot of people have come to think about. When you hear about the three permanents and the five rotators, you get a lot of people assuming that right away Florida State's going to play Miami. Well, that's probably true. 
but don't always assume it's going to be Georgia Tech. Don't always assume it's going to be, you know, the nearest ACC opponent in the three rot- in the three permanents, right, Pac? That's a, I think that's a mistake a lot of us can make. Um, Got to be more open-minded about the way this may set up as the rotation and that possibility. Well, I think you got to look at it. Hey, you're going to get a chance to see all your ACC brethren on a more consistent basis. And if whatever your three are, I mean, you know, they'll, again, the smart people will figure all this stuff out. But I just think it's a major upgrade versus what you currently have in existence for ACC football. All right. When we come back, we go diving headlong into hoops. Kelly Gramlich, Luke Hancock are here. Uh, We will check in with them, their thoughts after a couple days at Amelia Island outside of just the fabulous landscape and backdrop for these meetings. What's on the agenda for them out of this in regard to ACC basketball? We'll do that with KG and Luke next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham podcast. Life is good. (laughs) Got the leaf blowing guy out of here. Tell him the SEC's next week. Catch you later. <laughs> All right, we're back. We got a whole cast of characters with us. We're we going the, four wide again. We're going Clemson side over here. Oh, really? That's right. Non-Clemson side over there. Yeah. Kelly Gramlich shown up. World famous Clemson three-point shooter. <laughs> Co-host of the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We got some shooters. Yeah. In the mail. We Luke got Hancock. some shooters on this. Has anybody seen the portable Huffy goal out here, Luke? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not, Not yet. yet. But uh, we've, we've hit the golf course a little oh, bit. Oh, see, been, here we go. Uh, All right, now let's. I wonder why I haven't seen you. Yeah, yeah. okay. We've so, been working the whole time. <laughs> All right, so Non-stop. Hancock is the medalist, we understand, of the uh, ACC Network Invitational. Yeah. And apparently KG won the uh, ladies' division challenge. Well, it was a stacked field with uh, myself and Kelsey Riggs. So, no, we had fun. I don't fun. know Kelsey Riggs played golf. We had fun. You know, Kelsey and I rode together, and she made me really relax. A few holes, we had some bad shots, we picked up. We moved on. It's a good way to play <laughs> it's a golf. Team game. How's that card work, Pack? When you pick up, is that an X? Snowman, double what par, is? you move on. Double par, move on. You know, the key is when you get down here, you're going to have to have a cocktail to loosen up, right? I mean, you got. I've gotta, never heard of that. You no. got to slowly get into <laughs> island life, right? You, you get a little cocktail. From what yeah. I understand, by the way, not that I want to say anything, but I'm going to. Uh, while we were up here conducting interviews yesterday, my better half, Miss Amy, oh, yeah. was at the beach, and she said, I looked down the beach, and Major. she goes, I saw, I saw Kelly, I saw Kelsey, I saw Jordan, and she started listening to the whole crew, everybody but Pac yeah. and Wes, and she goes, I went down to see everybody, and everybody's having such a good time, they're playing a game, and they were drinking this pink lemonade thing, so I decided <laughs> to go get one, and she goes, oh, they were so good. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Eric McLean was out there with his orange and purple shorts on, yeah. tossing the beanbag or whatever y'all doing. Cornhole. Cornhole. Yeah. And, uh, and she goes, you know, so they're like, Mrs. P, you need to get one of those pink drinks. So Mrs. P went and got a pink drink. She reached in, she pulled out a 20. The guy said, well, it's $19 for the drink. 19 for the drink. Cornette paid, so we're good. Yeah, you don't care. It's I mean, we're good. I, I need to check on, on him. We yeah. also Cornette had a few. signed to the room. Is that what he did? Yeah, I think so. I think so we did yeah. some football drills. Luke, do you want to tell them what it was like when you tried to pass rush Eric McLean? Well, I should have been. I should have been a pass rusher. Should have been on the so? end. Absolutely. <laughs> I did get some pointers there, uh, but when Eric McLean puts that big paw on you, especially yeah, with a little it. sunburn going on, to you. Uh, you, yeah. it's a brick wall Stay. basically. Yeah. All right. Um, while you guys have had fun, we've also watched these basketball coaches on both the men's and women's side, navigate the new world here. Uh, We've heard from some men's coaches. Kelly, I'll ask you. The concern among the women's coaches is eerily similar to the men's coaches. 
it's NIL, it's the portal, it's rebuilding rosters. The, we hear about football a lot in this, but the, the front line is basketball in this, I think. Yes, I think so. And look, I don't think the NIL deals are as stark. You know, you don't have someone that I know of being offered millions of dollars like Jordan Addison. But one of the biggest issues that we're seeing in the ACC, specifically in this conference, is the transfer portal and kind of the inner transfers. So what's that? Different players are just showing up on new teams, and sometimes it's their second or third team in the ACC. So I just love that these coaches are still all cool because I'm not sure if I'm a coach, if I'm in there and players are switching teams, that I could be uh, super cordial, but I know they're all good friends. <laughs> but I think that one-time transfer rule, I know that once the cat's out of the bag, it's tough to put it back in and the legal aspect of it. But I really do think if we had consequences for transferring, some of this stuff would go away, some of the issues. And right now we're dealing with an extra COVID year as well. Um, but the transfers in the ACC, you're going to look at rosters next year and you're going to say, she played for a totally different team in the league and now she's on another team. I have to already start studying because these rosters are so different. The most notable is Morgan Jones from Florida State to Louisville. Morgan Jones is a big one. Cam Schwartz from right, Boston to College Tech. to Georgia Tech was a really big one. And then a few teams got some great transfers outside of the league. Sam Brunel going from That's Notre right. Dame to Virginia with Coach Mox. And just a side note, too, Coach Mox and Felicia Leggett-Jack, the two new hires, great hires. Yeah. The ACC truly knocked those out of the park. So what are you going to do, Luke, about this transfer thing? You're like, hey, man, it's, it, the, first rules thing, the, the rules are the rules. From someone that transferred, what are you going to do about yeah. the transfer thing? Well, Fix first, it, Luke. first thing, let's take away one time. Let's just take that word out. You know, kids are on their fourth or fifth college at yes. this point. It's, it's the transfer portal. It's not the one-time transfer portal. But I think coaches just have to approach it as we need a net positive. You're going to have players leave. You're going to have players come. you got to look at every year in terms of building your culture or building your team and just make it a net positive. You've got three good players leaving. you got to go get four good players coming in. You know, as somebody who transferred and had to sit out a year, and I thought some of the NCAA rules when I transferred, you know, we went on a Final Four run that year. And as a transfer, I wasn't allowed to travel, wasn't allowed to eat with the team. I, you know, I'm a broke college kid trying to figure out how to go play in, in the West Coast and go to, you know, Phoenix and then go to the uh, New Orleans for the Final Four. And I thought those rules were just so off base. Right. So, you know, we've come a long way since then, but now we have to tighten things back up. And they've kind of had to let the floodgates open. But, um, you know, more flexibility for the players, I think, is ultimately going to be a great thing. And coaches are going to adapt. But the methodology here, Jim Laranega was just with us an hour ago and said, hey, I lost five. I brought six in to go with six I already had. I mean, if this is going to be common ground, it's going to be nothing more than – you know, like a free agent pool every year, it feels like. I think we can all agree there's too many players that are in the portal. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have thousands of players that are hitting the portal every year, that's too many. But like I said, I think you just got to focus on a net positive. You got to make sure that your roster's complete. And ultimately, coaches are going to have the decision to say, do I go recruit a freshman, whether he's a top 10, top 50, top 100 player, or do I go get a transfer portal player that's maybe proven themselves in a smaller league? Right. And, you know, ultimately, I think it's a better thing for college basketball. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. And again, you lived it. So, I mean, for me to argue with quick. you is which kind, part? Of, yeah. which is kind <laughs> of dumb on my part. But I'm going to disagree with you. Because, you know what? If coaches are not concerned about the transfer portal, don't touch it. You want to flip-flop your roster every year? Go ahead. I think from a fan's perspective, that stinks. Yes. And I say it all the time to Wes. I don't know what a roster looks like. Don't mm -hmm. ask me how good Virginia yeah. basketball is going to be. Even though that's a terrible example because you know they're all coming back. But for the most part, you don't know who anybody's going to be until you see what a roster looks like in October. Right. 
when you played, though, Luke. You know what? We didn't have this issue. You, you want to solve this issue? Here's what you do. Hey, a student athlete, you can get up and leave anytime you want. But you're going to be held responsible for your decision. Nobody's putting a gun to your head. If you don't like the coach, you should be playing mm -hmm. dog ate my homework. Whatever your excuse is to get up and leave, go for it, he or she. But understand something, that as soon as you walk out that door, your scholarship is gone here at School X. Good luck to you at School Y. But you got to sit out. Now, you give it some thought. You know what? Life is tough. You're going to get some bad breaks. Yeah. you got to toughen up a little bit, student. I'm all for the student athlete. We name him in July. Just go make all your money you want. Right. Yep. But if you make a decision that, hey, Kelly wants to come on Packer Durham, is that a good decision? Well, five minutes from now, we'll find out. And she goes, I'll never do this <laughs> Always again. Always questionable. But my point is that there, you need to have repercussions for your decisions, good and bad. And if you got to sit out a year, hey, maybe that school that I love coming out of high school, Maybe I can kind of get through this and put in the work to get better. I'm just saying, hey, you got to understand, do you want to transfer and go free, free reign, pure chaos? Then, hey, don't make any moves. Let this be what the life's going to be. Yeah. You're going to have a completely different roster. But if you want to straighten it out, you go find the bottle. You go find the genie. You put it right back in there and say, guess what, boys and girls? You want to be a big-time adult? You make your decision. You either toughen it out, get better, because that's the place you originally picked. Nobody put a gun to your head to go to that school. And you pick to go to that school. And here's so the, the secret. You tell me if you disagree, Luke. Here's the secret that people don't talk about. Every single freshman student athlete thinks about transferring. Oh, there's no doubt. That's a great point. So if we're going to let them, then we're going to have these issues. And I think the other thing that we're not really thinking about, and look, student athlete welfare and all that is very important, no doubt. But we aren't thinking about the fans. And when you lose the fans, that's when your sport is in real trouble. And when fans do not know a roster, and we're even seeing it, I always would say the women's game is great because you know the rosters, because players stay four years, which I love. But now, I mean, they're switching teams and all these things, so and I think the fans need to be kept in mind. As a, as a transfer, though, the other side of that is really easy to say, my coach left. Oh, my yes. Coach L left and he went to Miami. That's He's done a great job. He won National Coach of the Year at Miami. You know, he. He went on to the back to the ACC from his uh, Virginia yeah, days being in the ACC, and it was great. But I've got to sit out. Coach didn't have to sit out. He left. Yeah, but he's, you're not an employee. Well, you I, yes. I think there you are some could, nuances yes. there, yeah. Yes. But, no, but wait, wait. Could you get fired midseason for on-court performance? No. Okay. Hopefully not. Let me, but let me. I, there are those nuances. <laughs> but what I'm saying is a coach goes and takes a better opportunity, and as a player – he takes every assistant, he takes yeah. a strength coach, he takes everybody with him, and I sit back and, you know, all right, now I, I've got to deal with right. the, the leftovers. All I'm going to say is this. When you want to have zero rules, yeah, that's right? Yeah. And I, these aren't my numbers. This is the NCAA. From August of 2019 to July of 21, this is the current, this is 70, the I'm not stuttering, 70% of the student athletes are going, oh, this stinks. I'm out of here. You know where they are now? flipping fries. Now, if you think this is a great concept and everybody should have the right to go all over the joint, knock yourself out, but do not complain. I just want the one time to be back. If there are kids that are on their fourth or fifth school, we want the one time to be back. Yeah. You're not coming back. <laughs> you're not coming back. Well, unless you're my golf partner. Yeah. Okay. There I'll you take go. That. Um, or you're inviting us to the Derby. The, the good news about this is when we huddle in October, for basketball tip-off, this will still be on the docket. Yeah, that's certainly true. I mean, this is ever-evolving. 
Good to see you guys. Have Thanks a nice summer. Thank you, thank you. Lots of birdies. And take care. Lots of, my of wife, birdies for you? you too. I'll keep an eye out for Mrs. Pink. When she goes for the third pink lemonade today on the beach. There we go. Do I'll your stop best. Her. When we come back, more on this transfer NIL concept with Hall of Fame coach Mac Brown. It's next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham and Brown on rocking chairs. <laughs> what could go wrong? You got three old dudes on rocking chairs. It might be the most laid back interview in the history of television for crying out loud. Look, We're oh. gone. We're tapping out. There's, a, there's enough people calling me grandpa anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> this just makes it worse. Uh, all right, we're at the fabulous Ritz-Carlton in Amelia Island. Dare I say, is this similar to the Dunes Club at Myrtle <laughs> Beach in the uh, spring of 1988 before you coached your first game at Carolina? We're, we're at a little different place in all of our lives. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the worst thing about coming back to Carolina is they see the before pictures with your dad oh, where yeah. I had dark hair and I was thin, <laughs> and now see the after pictures and they're saying, really? That's the same guy, and I, I tell them I'm twice the man I was when Sally met me, so, <laughs> so that's just part of it. Um, <laughs> The landscape of this game in three years, since you've come back to Carolina, the landscape of this game has blown up. Uh, to paraphrase Vern Lundquist, in your wildest dreams, Mac Brown, did you ever envision this? No. I can't imagine the new coaches this year. Welcome to college football when you've got all these other things. It's, um, it just started changing. You know, I, I was one of the problems. I, I paid coaches more than anybody else at Texas. I made more than anybody else at Texas, so that kind of started this stuff. And I look back, and I'm, I'm not proud of it. But over your money, you're not going. You I mean you're going to take it? Um, What's the line? You are worth what someone's willing to pay you. There you go. That, that's <laughs> what I would have said at that time. Yeah. Without doubt. You should say it every um, time. Yes. And then you you see early signing date, and we actually I was on the I was president of the AFC uh, American Football Coaches Association board at that time. We wanted early signing date to be for legacies only and early enrollees because they didn't have a signing date. NCAA said you can't allow some to sign without letting everybody sign. So that kind of got out of control. And then the signing date was really in December instead of February, like we all were used to and wanted. So that sped things up. And mm -hmm. then you have to start having official visits in the spring, and that changed things. So early signing date was a big change. And then we start hearing about name, image, and likeness, and we're not sure what it means. <laughs> I remember Bubba, talk, our athletics director, Bubba Cunningham, talking to the team three years ago and, and saying, what about this? Sam Howell stood up, and I said, I don't like it. If the quarterback's going to make more money than the right guard, then that's not fair, and that's going to be tough in the locker room. And I thought, good for Sam, and, but I never thought we would get to this. And then the combination of the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness at the same time is just crazy. And as I, I've tried to look at it, we are, as coaches, we are um, problem solvers. Yep. That's what we are. We take negatives and turn them into positives. So we, in our meetings here, we, we don't want to talk about all the negatives. We got those. We know them. It's, it's very public. So what are, what are the solutions? Mm. Let's get solutions. Number one, we got to figure out what the problems are. And, and they're, they're, they're numerous. The, the combination of transfer portal and name, image, and likeness at the same time made it now where people are buying people off people's campuses. Yes. 
So what's tampering? I don't know. Is that a high school player that's a buddy of yours saying, come to my school, man, they'll pay you. Here's what I'm making. Is it uh, a third party? Is it a booster? What's a booster? Is it, a, it obviously if it's an assistant coach at the other school calling or texting or and what's what's the penalty? What's going to happen when we get our guy to screenshot that coach's text where he's asking him to, to come and visit or, or trying to get him there? So so that has to be figured out. Secondly, there needs to be some guidelines put on the transfer portal. When can you leave? We had a young man leave that was a second teamer last year midseason. I said, why are you leaving at midseason? He said, uh, I don't want to get hurt. I want to show other people if I get in the portal and they've got a scholarship available, they'll hold it for me. And I want to go visit some team while they're playing so I can see the atmosphere. It all made sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it really did. And he said, I'm second team here, so why stay? And, and I got it. So the biggest thing, I think, is we've got to figure out a path to get to change. Right now, there's not a, a, a very good process that the experts, which are the coaches, because we're the ones dealing with it with some common sense, can get some common sense into the process for change. Okay. And that's the biggest thing. So we might as well not gripe about it. It's here. And, and somebody through NIL can offer your, your player $100,000, but then you got a rule where you can only call him once a week. Mm-hmm. So we got some craziness going on all over the place. But um, I also think sometimes when things get as dire as they are right now in college football, it's time to fix them. Yep. And a lot of things have needed to be fixed for years. Maybe that's where we are. Mac, how is it possible that we've gotten ourselves in this position with all the things, whether it be transfer portal, whether it be name, image, or likeness, without the word education coming back into the conversation. It's almost as if that has been kicked to the side, as if it almost doesn't even exist, which is the exact opposite of what college athletics really should be about. It really is, and I'm, I'm not really sure how we got there. I think it's obvious we went too fast, and we didn't ask enough questions. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize that NIL was going to be tampering with people on your own team. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever thought about that. We didn't realize that um, uh, players would opt out of bowl games three or four years ago. I never even dreamed of that because we wouldn't have. That, w- that wasn't our, our makeup. Um, and, and now we're in a situation with when a, 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 we, we had a young player that said, uh, yeah, with the, the money I had through uh, just the um, cost of attendance. Mm-hmm. He had more money. He said, yeah, I got a new apartment. I got me a new car. And then he spent too much money on both and got overloaded. So then he was doing DoorDash at night and not doing his academic work and got an academic troll. So some of the young people we're not doing favors to that, that are got too much right now. So uh, the positives are... Tylee Kraft, our young guy with cancer, has yep. got a chance to make some money to help his family at a tough time. Sure. Uh, Sam Howell takes his first opportunity with NIL and, and feeds underprivileged kids in Chapel Hill. Uh, so you're learning about charities. You're learning how to make money. You're learning how to have an agent. You're learning about taxes at a very young age. Because some people probably go to jail because these young people don't know how to pay taxes That's off exactly what they're getting. Right. Yep. So, so there's a lot of stuff. We're, we're having to do a better job of teaching guys how to save their money. And what does that mean? Yeah. Um, 
So th there are some positive. The negatives are obvious, and, and they're out there. The transfer portal has got to slow down, and, and it's it's uh, it made it too easy. Um, Mark, I had a guy, 6:30 in the morning, we we meet, and he walked by me, defensive lineman. He, I said, "Hey, how you doing, bud? Good to see you this morning." I thought he was going to the meeting. He's going home. Uh, they told me later he's quitting, and he wasn't playing very much, and. So I brought him back to my office and I said, what, what are you doing? He said, you know, coach, seventh game of the year, it's later, I'm tired, I'm not playing very much. I just got up this morning, didn't feel very good, and I just thought it, it'd be a good day to look at some other places and just transfer. Would have never happened before. Mm -hmm. So we're giving options to young people that maybe they're not ready to take yet. Yeah, in, in a big picture world here, it's also opened our eyes. And you said maybe we're guilty of going too fast. We're now to a point where we're talking about a reset of the whole structure, not just football, all of it. Uh, Mark and I have gotten into conversations about institutions, and you've been coach at some of them, that are going to have to make purposeful decisions about their athletic programs that are counterintuitive to their academic mission. And I don't know if we've run red lights. I don't know if it's gone too fast, whatever the case may be. But you're one of the few people in the landscape of college football with an experience and a service aspect that we're talking about college football playoff perhaps taking. Gene Smith says the college football playoff might have to be the guiding light of major college athletics. Is Mike Brown comfortable with that? I'm comfortable with change. Okay. When it's not working, you fix it. I want a bunch of smart people that love this game and love these kids to get together and figure out how to fix it. And we need to do it fast. Yeah. I, I was talking about yesterday, coaches are getting fired in two or three years. So a lot of coaches okay. don't have time. Yep. You know, say, so, well, we'll get this done. We're, we're looking at it down the road. Ain't no down the road for coaches, brother. <laughs> it, it's this afternoon. <laughs> you gotta get it fixed. But I, I really feel like that there, there is hope out there. There's change. We got to figure. We got to get it right this time. Yeah. We can't get it wrong. We got to get it right. And and what does that mean for everybody? Does that mean that there's one conference? Does that mean there's three? Yeah. Does that mean some drop down level that aren't willing to to change that mission or pay pay that money? Um, what what does it mean going forward? Does it mean that the college football playoff will have everything? Does it mean that we need to separate some between Group of Five and Power Five and, and FCS? Division two, because when you're voting for the same thing with different revenue and expenses, it doesn't work. Yeah. So we're going to have to put some uh, commonality in in with with this to make sure that the group that's voting on this has got money, mm -hmm. and you're not getting voted down by a group that just says no. And and I think that's the frustrating thing right now for coaches. Yeah. And 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 what is best for the young people? We don't talk about them enough. We don't talk about young people. We wouldn't have this game without them. And they're great kids. They fought through COVID. Those kids fought when we weren't all sure. Yep. And they decided to play because they loved this game so much. And, and they saved college athletics because they played and made money for the athletic departments. Uh, so we gotta take care of those kids. Mm -hmm. Alcohol deaths are up higher than ever before, opioid deaths, uh, suicides. 
So we got to get back to some mental health concerns too and make sure we're doing what's right for kids. Well, I mentioned this the other day, Mac, and this we're going to get more back specifically about the ACC in a second. But this day and age of name, image, and likeness, and I'm, again, pro-NIL. I think a student athlete should be able to take advantage of name, image, and likeness. The inducement part of it, we've lost complete control. But the pressure of, of the high school kids now that are coming out that now have an opportunity to make six or seven figures before he or she can actually determine whether they can play or not. I don't know, they can, might be, can't play dead in cowboy movie for all I know. But how about the pressure on that individual coming out of high school that now walks into a football environment, whether they're playing in front of 100,000 people or whether they're playing in front of 20,000 people in a basketball environment, that everybody knows, hey, that's Susan Smith, that's Joe Jones. They signed a six-figure or seven-figure deal. What about the mental stress on that individual walking out on a college scene that now has to play because you know what if you want to start treating people like they're professional athletes when these are still young people right still college students i can only imagine the mental strain that's going to be put on student athletes moving forward hey, it's great to get paid but with that comes responsibility mark i'm really worried about it yeah i'm really worried about it and um i believed in amateurism I thought that's who we were. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, that's the first thing, when they told me name, image, and likeness, my wife Sally said, you know, the artist in college can sell their paintings, the musician can go play. I said, I got it, this is different. Yeah. This yeah. is different. Yeah. And, and now I worry, what we've got is we've got pro football without guidelines. That's right. We don't have a salary cap, we don't have a CBA. No. We don't have OTAs. No. None we, of that we, stuff. We don't have anything, but they're gonna have the pressure of being that guy that got paid to play and he's not been That's successful. It. The yeah, other Tom thing, Tom Brady's not 18 years old. No, no, and he and he's earned this. That's right. We're also giving people money without earning it. That's it. And that's not a good message. We're also letting people get out of, of a situation where they have to compete to play more before they have to be patient enough to make it work, which is not what any of us were ever taught moving forward. Battling so adversity. We don't battle adversity anymore. We say, I'm out. Yeah. And in five minutes, you have an app on your phone, and if a player comes up to me and says, Coach, I want to transfer, I sit here, and I can put him in the portal within five minutes, call our compliance, and they can get him to transfer. Same day. It's crazy. It, it is, is crazy. It is crazy. So, um, but, but it is what it is, so now we've got to figure out how to handle it and move forward. The other thing is, uh, so let's say a booster goes through the proper channels and he gives an NIL opportunity to a, a young man that's on our team. He's best friends with his father, then he doesn't play. Mad at me? Because he doesn't play. Wow. Because I'm paying him, man. You need to be playing him. Yeah. And you know that's coming. It's, it's coming. It's already and, here. And, and then the player has the pressure of knowing that I've got to please that booster. Yeah. So it's, uh, we got a, we got a lot of things we got to fix. Most importantly for the mental health of the young people and try to keep pressure off them. Sometimes what's perceived as such a great deal, like use your name and image and likeness for money, I got it, that's good, but there's, uh, there, there's guidelines to everything and, and I'm not sure we haven't let the toothpaste out of the tube and mm. we gotta try to get some of it back in. Well, I've kid around and not happy about it, but you know, everybody's talking about, well, we need to get the genie and put it back in the bottle. We don't even know where the bottle is anymore. We don't. Yeah. Um, I love talking with you because you have great perspective on the ACC and football. 
because you sat on the doorstep of the, the landscape shift when Florida State came in the league and you were building Carolina. Then you went to Texas, won the national title, then went to television where you got to see it nationally evolve from a different chair. Now you've come back. In my opinion, this league's going to have the best quarterback collection in the country again this year. Uh, Pac says we're going to have a fist fight in the Atlantic. And in the Coastal, your team, Miami, Brent Pry, Virginia Tech, Tony Elliott, Pat Narduzzi won the division. I, I don't know what we're going to get there. But where are you on watching ACC football and where this league could be in your mind? Uh, league's much better than ever before. When Florida State was here, it was kind of like Clemson was two years ago. It was Clemson and everybody else. And then it was Florida State, everybody else. In fact, uh, my friend John Swafford said, do you mind Florida State coming in? And I said, let's wait five years and I'll, I'll be better. And he said, that's what we got. They came in the next year. Yeah, yeah. And I said, welcome to the, yeah. the new ACC. Yeah. Um, but I, I think our league's good. You, you sit there and see Wake Forest and, and Pittsburgh play for the conference What's championship yeah. is a great game. We beat Wake Forest and had Pittsburgh in overtime on the road. So there's not that much difference. It, it is down to coaching and quarterback play. And and we were rated eighth last year and weren't good enough. So I'm proposing we be rated 97th <laughs> this year. Be careful to, what you to, wish for. To, sure, to, to make sure that we're better than expectations to start the season. <laughs> By the way, uh, Atlantic and Coastal, or hey, do we like to split all four teams in one okay? group? What do you think? One division? Well, what would you take on that one? I like divisions because there's a, a division champion, there's a conference champion, sure. and then a bowl champion or a college football playoff champion. Um, I do understand that uh, it's, it's funny, we've discussed this a lot the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. I like the fact our parents of our players can see them play at Duke, at State, at Wake, at Virginia Tech, and at Virginia so easily. Um, so I, I, I like that. And then others say that we need better TV matchups, so we, we need to open it up and play everybody every third year. Yeah. I got it, because we don't see a Florida State or a, a Clemson for seven more years as we look at that. Uh, if you do that, you probably can't have divisions, so you lose the divisional champion, uh, and that takes some betterment away but if you do get to a point where you go to 12 team playoff um that gives you the better window doesn't it if you've got the best two teams in the league playing for the championship even though like the big 12 you could have the same two play each other again mm -hmm. um you still have a better chance to get more people in the playoffs than you would if you were just division champs because your fourth team in the uh, in the atlantic might be um better than the the second or the second team in the coastal might be better than the first team in the atlantic and then you lose your your right to get in the playoffs. so it gets a little crazy but you know what though uh you mentioned the big 12 if your two best teams are top five certainly top 10 worthy you don't mind seeing that every year no but, if they're that good yeah but one thing mark is so one beats two in the big 12 and three is really close to two, then does two get kicked out and three goes to the playoff with one? Well, you know, so we, kinda, we actually, ironically, we had that for one year in the ACC a couple of years ago when Notre Dame was in the league. Yeah. And we had, and listen, the ACC had the best ultimate conference championship matchup right. in Charlotte yeah. with Notre Dame Clemson, which ironically, the Irish win the regular season, Clemson wins in the postseason. 
But I do think what you mentioned, though, with the expansion of the college football playoff eases that burden. If you know there's 12 teams that potentially could get in, I think it's a little bit easier to deal with the fact that, hey, if everybody's all in one division, hey, go win all your games. I do too. So I, I think I would like the best teams playing for the conference championship. I'd like the best matchups, and I would like two divisions, which is, is kind of hard to, to figure out. All right, I'm going to uh, leave hey, you Listen, with... when you're on a rocking chair, you can have your yeah, cake we can and eat have, it too. Yeah, that's that's right. how it works. You sit in these chairs. That's good. That's a, uh, opinions, well, not decisions. That's, that's it. it. That's uh, a, uh, all right, now, uh, I know you open with Florida A&M. You're in a week zero game, right? Then you kick in. I want to uh, leave you, though, with one piece of advice, principally from Packer. <laughs> I did your spring game. Drake may look great. Chris will look great. The youngster Connor looked great. Right? We, we won. You did. You won the game. Another W. That, no, that was important. Another, another win. Uh, so I know you got a quarterback competition in August, and you and Phil Longo will get down to it and all that. I want to leave you though with Packers working theory on this. Tell now, them. Now keep in mind, I, I'm giving advice to a Hall of Fame coach. I've yeah. never won or lost the game. <laughs> so what is about ready to take place is really criminal that I'm going to say this. But coach. If I were in your position and somebody asked me about the quarterback race, I'd say, here's the answer to your question. When we break the huddle for the very first game, you will find out exactly <laughs> who my starting quarterback is going to be. Yeah. We feel confident with all of them, but on this particular day, I don't have the answer. Let but me, you will on the opening tip. The let, me opening put that tip. In the, let me put it in the phone. That's so. it. You put that one in there. I won't forget it. That's that, it. So when people ask about the quarterback, I got it. Done. From here on. That, that's easy. So you get to From late August. How good is that? Yeah, I remember when we were at Texas and <laughs> Major Applewhite and Chris Sims were competing for yeah. the job. And I was at Linville in the summer and I had my little break and I was up there fishing. And I was trout fishing. I had two lines out and I caught two at the same time. It just hit me. Two's better than one. So I went back to Texas and got thrown out of the press conference because I said... <laughs> I caught two fish. I just thought that's better than catching one fish. Yeah. So we got two quarterbacks. Yeah. And they said no. And they called it controversy there. They didn't call it competition. So ah. there, there was a difference in the two. You talked about this 20 minutes ago. It's all about being able to adapt. There's no there question. There you go. You already have. There's You're no all question. We got to adapt to it. And when we break the huddle for the first, and we don't have a huddle anymore. So Whatever. when they run on the field, <laughs> that was minor. That's <laughs> it. Some minor adjustment. That's you it. can do it. I will say that I'm so excited about Florida A&M uh, Zero Week because mm -hmm. it's going to honor uh, HBCUs. Absolutely. And, and we're going to honor our past history in our state. And we're going to honor some of those coaches. And so it, it's, uh, it, it's going to be a, some of our fraternities. Yep. Uh, it, it's going to be a real cool, That's cool awesome. opening game, and I'm excited about it. Well, thank you for always sharing time with us thank you all appreciate thanks it thanks for the advice i got i okay. need to call wait i gotta call longo but i gotta get off here in a second free of charge <laughs> yeah. compliments yeah. to the acc Packer network doesn't, Packer doesn't do much for free this was there free. you go that's yeah. a free consultation uh more coming up from amelia island stay tuned on acc network here's mark packer and wes durham packer and durham back at beautiful amelia island Folks out on the beach. Sure, why not? Hitting the links, playing tennis. Yeah. And the important people are working That's in it. meetings, That's diligently it. trying to figure yeah. out what are we doing in college athletics. Meanwhile, Wes, we lead the parade. We're just standing out here on our patio, our porch, which has been home for the last couple of days. 
dodging large birds that are still coming down here for the buffet. We'll be all right. Uh, a couple of things to share with you. Uh, coming up, Courtney Banghart. We taped that yesterday. On the porch. Seth Greenberg from yesterday On that the we porch. taped after the show. Yeah. Uh, and Kenny Payne live. 9.30 this morning, the new head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. And will make his debut with yeah, us. Now, right. we've had a chance to see him in the lobby, and he's been busy going to uh, meetings and stuff. He's done a great job in terms of his staff. Yep. Very impressed with that. So, uh, look forward to having Kenny make his yeah. debut on the show. So, Kenny Payne will be with us at 9.30. We told you about the Josh Pastner interview. That'll be tomorrow's show, uh, along with Michael Offer of Florida State, Dave Dorn of NC State. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest and the commissioner of the ACC, Jim Phillips. Yeah, we got uh, we got to talk to the man before we get yeah. out of here. Yeah, put a bow on it. That'll be at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, your number one takeaway of the Mac Brown interview, which was pretty insightful on a lot of fronts. Uh, I, you know, Mac's got such great experience, right? Yep. I mean, like I said, he's been in the television world, so he understands that. He's obviously won a national championship at Texas. He's a 2.0 at UNC, building that program back. Yep. Uh, the guy has been around the block. And when you hear Mac Brown talk about the caution and the concern, it, it should concern all of us as yeah. fans. Um, and again, we, if you had easy answers, this thing would have been solved years ago. Yep. It's a very complex issue, whether we're talking about the transfers, name, engine, image, and likeness. Um, there were a lot of things that Mac talked about. And when I see concern in his face, and hear his voice go, hey, we, we reached the crossroads. It should be a wake-up call for all of us, yeah. to be honest with you. I think the other thing that's come into clarity in this, and we've talked about you know, the critical nature and takes on the National Collegiate Athletic Association and that administration and things like that, but the disappointment and discouragement that that has created among everybody, it's not exclusive to the ACC. No, no. It's exclusive to college athletics. The power conferences are incredibly disappointed in the organization that oversees the membership, if you will. And they should be. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is one of those deals. You knew name, image, and likeness was coming down yep. the road two, two and a half years ago. And you had literally all that time to get in front of it, have a plan. Here's the identity. If it goes left, we got a plan for that. If it goes right, we got a plan. We got nothing. Right. And we're sitting here looking around where the NCAA waved the white flag and said, oh, Congress will figure it out. That's never been a good idea. Yeah, that's, that's never, never been, been a good, good plan idea. B right. that Congress yep. is coming to the rescue. So that, that's an issue. And now all of a sudden, like I said, you got all the real smart people in college athletics going, hey, we got to pick up the pieces and put this thing back together the best way we can. And that's why I do trust Jim Phillips and Greg Sankey mm -hmm. and Kliakov and everybody else that's got in the room. And I just saw... Jack Swarbrick, he was heading to do another meeting. He's another one of those guys at Notre Dame who's a great thinker, understands the big picture. Yeah. And those are going to be the people that really are going to have to lead college athletics back to getting its hands around the big picture. Yeah, the football coaches who kicked off the rotation here on uh, Monday afternoon with the first meeting uh, just left a meeting, collaborative meeting with the faculty athletic reps. And remember, we told you the FARs play a major role in the ACC organizational chart. And now they've gone back in to have their last session. Uh, so we're hopefully going to get Kenny Payne here at 930. We will get football coaches post-show today, and we will have those for you on tomorrow's show. Most notably, Dave Dorn and Dave Clawson, two of the teams we expect, quite frankly, to be contenders in the fist fight Atlantic you keep talking about. Well, I'm going to say, I've harped on this about a month ago. I think the Atlantic division of the ACC in football is going to be the most over, uh, underrated in terms of being completely oversight by everybody. I mean, yeah. I think the national media is going to look like, ah, oh, it's Clemson and everybody else. 
Wrong answer. Uh, Clemson should be really good. We talked to Dabo about it, but Dave Dorn's team, I mean, I think the Wolfpack is prime. Yeah. Devin Leary being back. We know that uh, Dave Clawson's built Wake Forest. They won the Atlantic last year. The numbers from a production standpoint that are returning are through the roof. Sam Hartman's back at quarterback. I think all three of those teams are legitimate top 15 teams. I think Clemson's going to be even better than that. Then I still think Louisville. I talked to Scott Satterfield yeah, last night. He said, Pack, he goes, we're going to be pretty good. Yeah. And I, I know that they will fly underneath the radar. Malik Cunningham's back, another great quarterback in this league. Boston College with Jeff Halfley, with Jakovic being back. Say Flowers obviously back. There'll be a problem for people. And I think Mike Norvell, who joined us yesterday, Florida State won five of the last seven, the second half of the season. Jordan Travis is back, feeling yep. good about his offense. So those are three teams. And Dino Babers, who's stuck in the Atlantic over there, could have a pretty good team, too. He's got this running back you might have heard. Might be the best in the country. So I think the Atlantic division of the ACC. Fist fight. I think not only is it going to be a fist fight, I think from a national perspective, you're going to sit there and go and say, you know what? That is a pretty, pretty strong group of football teams. Yeah. My oh, I'm with you on that part. I think it's uh, I think the Atlantic is going to be underrated nationally. No question about that. There are a lot flying. of people going to spend a lot of time selling Clemson. And look, Tigers may be very good. But there is no getting around the, the list of challengers and other contenders in that division. Well, I just think from a nat- we always have the national narrative. Sure. When people don't do their homework, they just slap something up against the wall and they bury people or try to bury people without doing any homework. Hey, I think the SEC West is always a great standard. I, yeah. I think they're terrific. I think the Big Ten East, outstanding. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn right. State, et cetera, Michigan State. But the ACC's Atlantic Division yeah. is going to be no joke. I'm telling you, they're going to be really, really good. Yeah. So coming up, Courtney Banghart, the head women's basketball coach at North Carolina. Again, really insightful interview about the landscape of transfer portal and name, image, and likeness and the ACC on the women's side, what that league looks like and how important it was to get the right seed. Remember, Carolina was one of those, what, three schools that had five seeds yep. and, uh, and found themselves on the road. They were just a step away from potentially hosting in the NCAA women's event last year. So we're going to hear from Courtney on that. Uh, and then Seth Greenberg will also join us in the 9 o'clock hour, too. Coach Greenberg yesterday with kind of the evolution of the basketball product line here. And uh, looking forward to that conversation. And then Kenny Payne at Louisville joins us live at the end. And, in fact, there's a chance we may go live. We spare no expense here in our coverage. We may go live at 945 to uh, check in on uh, day two of the AC, very exclusive ACC Network Invitational Golf event. Somebody's got to play golf while they're here. Won't be us, but somebody needs to. Yeah, apparently Eric McLean is taking on that task. So we'll see how that goes. So, all right, don't forget, we got plenty more coming up for you here on ACC Network as well. Uh, ACC Baseball, Saturday afternoon, presented by Auto Owners Insurance, number seven, Louisville. Just got a great text from Dan McDonald about Reed Detmer's no-hitter last night. They meet number five, Virginia Tech, and then Saturday night, we'll send you to Tallahassee. Canes and Knowles, always pretty frothy when they get together on the diamond. Our coverage right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. All right, sit tight. When we come back, the head coach of the Tar Heels, Great to visit with Courtney Banghart. You'll see it next on Packer and Durham. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.